0: Bandwidth for March has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they are the best. Check them out at Cashfly.com, C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y, and let them know that you heard about them here on 5x5. Matt McInerney, New York. Andy Mangold, Baltimore, Maryland.
1: Dan Auer, San Francisco.
0: It's March 19th, 2015. This is On the Grid, episode 107. This week, Andy asks us a question about offering internships, and he's incredibly irresponsible with his iPhone. Here we go. Podcast has arrived. We're making it now. Okay, good.
2: This week was a launch week for us at Friends of the Web. One of those weeks. Mm -hmm. Why are you tweeting about that thing? Yeah, I tweeted about that thing. That's all I've been doing for three months is writing the CSS for that website. And I'm tired of writing CSS, but it's out, and I feel real good about it. It's the biggest thing. That I have been in charge of like the front end for by a wide margin and uh, I'm very proud to see it out in the world and also extremely proud to say there have been ex- very very few issues with the uh, with the site so nice it's a good week for us
1: congratulations do you want
2: to say what it is real quick oh yeah I guess I didn't should say what it is um, mm-hmm. we, we launched a website called bizarre it's it's for a client of ours uh, it's B E Z A R. easy a r um, that's a project we been working on for a long time and, uh, it's basically a flash sale site for designer stuff and you're all designers. So I guess go check that out. But, um, but yeah, it's, that's been a, it was fun for us. It was a, you know, it, we're, a, we're a small team to take on a project of that size. Most teams our size would not take on projects like that, I think um so it's kind of uh nerve-wracking when launch day comes and we're all like sitting there like hope this goes well <laughs> and uh and they, they were on the view briefly which has like four wow. million viewers and so we were sitting wow. there watching all the server logs and watching the graphs and like fingers crossed while we're Have you guys ever watched the view it's really bad
0: yeah it's terrible i've watched it's little clips of it terrible. it seems pretty awful
2: i thought it was like a respectable talk show but it's like a no. gossipy like trash daytime tv show i had no idea no, it's mm-hmm. not good stuff, man. That's, that's why
1: it always stayed on daytime TV because mm-hmm. it's utter filth.
2: But hey, what do we know? I mean, 4 million people watch that every day. And so it, obviously it's doing something good. Yeah. So that's not what that doesn't mean. That <laughs> no more numbers means better things. Everyone knows that.
1: That's, that's because true. it's on the television of every waiting room in the nation. That's how that works.
2: I wonder how many <laughs> waiting rooms. Well, that, that's even more people then because it probably counts as one person at, per the Nielsen ratings. And uh, it's actually a whole waiting room full of people. So mm-hmm. who knows how many people that is Yep.
0: room for all people ignoring the tv well congratulations on being on the view i think that's great andy yeah a
2: couple through a couple <laughs> a couple degrees of separation but yeah sure <laughs> and then uh we also we also launched an app this week for uh for a client of ours the university of san diego which none of you can use unless you're a student at the university <laughs> of san diego but if you are i encourage <laughs> you to download insight and check it out <laughs> right. um, nice That also
0: launched on tuesday should we enroll just to check it out is it that good
2: Well, it's funny because in order to like build the app, we had to have like test accounts and they don't have test data set up in their database. So they just enrolled us as students (laughs) (laughs) so we could have, you know, student accounts and like do stuff, which I thought was pretty funny. Are you going to take
0: fake classes? This is like, this could be like a Billy Madison situation. No, we do have a fake roster.
2: It's all, it's all there. It's all big fake stuff. Anyway, right. uh, so both those things happened this week, and it's been a very exciting week for us, and uh, I, I got some sleep, which was good, and my co-workers mm-hmm. who were working on doing the back end of that website got even more sleep because they were in desperate need of it, and uh, yeah, very exciting stuff.
1: How are things in both of you guys' lives? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've just been writing uh, SCSS all week. Oh, Which is did you figure it out finally? Welcome. Yeah. No, okay. So I figured out the convention. Like that wasn't the hard part. It's learning the massive code base that they've constructed. Because uh, long story short, they they have like this framework that controls multiple large websites. And then there's like exceptions for each individual one when it comes to brand uh, bits or like just the way that the uh, like individual pages are uh, presented. So yeah, it was just like having to go through all that and just like I don't know, like I I'm learning it, but it's that frustration that like I feel really slow while I'm learning it and trying to build stuff. Mm-hmm. So You've it's been, there like been like a like,
2: week. I think you're doing pretty good.
1: Yeah, I know, but it's still that thing that I just, like, I feel so frustrated because I want to be able to move a lot faster, but, like, I have to go through this, so. I mean, it's, like, it's a really good week, it's just, uh, like, mentally for me, I just wish that I was going at a different pace.
2: Well, you'll get there. Take some time. Yep. First, you gotta learn all those mixins, learn about all those functions, then you can mm-hmm. be critical of them for using a mix-in where they should have used a function or something. It's fun. <laughs> what kind of CSS have you been writing, Matt? Welcome to the CSS cast, everybody. This week, we're going to talk about our favorite ways to make a mix-in, uh, go through how we name our variables. Do we go long and
0: descriptive, or do you go short and easy to type? What are you going to do? That's a really good question. Sounds really interesting. I think we should talk about it. Uh, I actually have been writing some CSS. Just I've been thinking about different ways to show like website mock-ups to people this week. That has been my exercise. Oh. For whatever reason, I'm working on multiple new website designs at exactly the same time and trying to figure out new ways to show people, because I just don't think... I'm just not super happy with showing people PDFs anymore. I just think it doesn't work very well. And also it's like a, it's a stupid amount of work to make like 17 different views of something when you can just kind of do it in a browser as an example and say like here's what it looks like when you when it is at this size and it is at this yep. size and it is at this size. And let's just do a screen share and I'll show you how it looks instead of showing you like 17 different versions of it. Yeah. I don't know. That's been I've been trying to play with that and figure out what's best. Maybe even just Thought about just doing like making a browser demo and then recording a screencast of it so I can yep. send a QuickTime video when I'm done and avoid doing a PDF or Videos like a click through thing. I don't know. But then you have a mess of things. You have an email. It's like, here's the, here are all the static things. Here's what it looks like in the different things. Here's a website of what it looks like. Here's some wireframe click throughs. And you're like, hmm. PDFs are the greatest except for video. Like I'm generally a huge fan of PDFs despite all their flaws. And then and then you try to put motion in and everything breaks and everything falls apart and it's a horrible nightmare. Can't somebody just figure out that thing? Just like a little tiny fix? Yeah, it's it's called it's called a web page. I get that, but this doesn't, the embeddable font thing on a web page is not quite right. That's yeah. the biggest problem. You got to, who's, who's going to pay for a Typekit license when you want to show off a little thing and type hasn't even been decided, but you happen to own the typeface.
1: Yeah, whatever. Pentagram. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, we're talking fuck? shop. You talking are- shop
0: this week on On the Grid. <laughs> we're talking shop. Getting down into the by details. The way, oh, it's Pentagram, so just spend infinite amount of money. That's not how anything in the world works. I don't give a shit who your client is. No one's gonna spend money they don't have to. That's that is the myth of the big client. That you think you think companies get big by being idiots about the money that they spend? Yes. You have to justify the money you spend everywhere. That's part of life, Dan.
2: See, I think you need to talk to some people that work at advertising firms because everything they've ever told me is that they literally come to them and say, Hey this is the budget we have. Please spend it all.
0: <laughs> that is <laughs> I, Well, hey, maybe that's true. Look, I don't work in an advertising firm. Maybe working in a design firm is a little bit different, but people don't just say, "Hey, spend unlimited amounts of money no matter what." Well,
2: no, it's yeah. not unlimited. It's like, "Hey, here's a $6 million budget. Just go do it." Like, go spend it on stuff.
1: Shut up and take my money. <laughs> Doesn't work like that for me.
0: One
2: of uh the thing I always think of when I'm designing and presenting websites, Matt, is Yeah. Do the things that are easiest to do in each given medium, right? Like, I'm never going to decide, oh, this d- design I made in Illustrator or Sketch or whatever seems a little bit too cramped. Let me just move every object by hand a little bit just to spread it all out. Um, we always sort of work in on pen and paper or in Sketch or Illustrator, some drawing program of some sort, mm-hmm. to do the stuff that is very hard to do in code very quickly. And then as soon as we've got enough of that done, that we've agreed on the high level things, get over in yeah. that code because then you can change the font real quick. You can change a color across the entire website. You can space everything out a little more. You can show how mm-hmm. pages interact with each other and it just save so much time.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, how do you deal with it when it's like you want to get that rough stuff on paper, but you want to show the client your idea, not just the people that you're working with, but you have to show a little bit more polish, And you gotta, and, and you have to explain something in a little with a little bit more detail because you're not necessarily talking to somebody who knows what is and isn't possible. That's, that's my challenge is trying to figure out where, where that line is. Cause I, I, I am a believer in that you can show an idea too rough that you ruin it for yourself. I'm not comfortable doing that. I want to make sure it looks like, you know, it looks close enough to the real thing that I can say, this is what can be done as opposed to like, ah, here's a basic outline and you know, trust me. Something we've done in the past is spend
2: the time to prepare essentially like one page, one image that is like, here is what the polish will be, basically, right? Like, here is what the skin of this thing is going to look like. And then after that, here are all these maybe messier, maybe sort of uh, ugly around the edges prototypes or quick mock-ups or sketches or whatever it is that are going to mm. show the, the stuff that's going to be harder to figure out. Like, we can agree on some colors. We can agree on some type we can agree on you know whatever kind of layout for the page but you know where is this information going to go how many pages are going to be how's it going to be structured that's those are the hard questions yeah so uh, usually yeah it's like we show like one here's a nice drawing of what a website might look like someday and then we get right to all the hard stuff
0: that is kind of where i'm landing is like doing one polished page like one in browser comp or something and then everything else is static thumbnails of stuff
2: oh see actually it's opposite for us it's one beautiful polished static thumbnail and then here's the big ugly thing we can actually use as Ah, a website I see interesting different strokes for different folks different design studios do things differently I've fallen asleep this podcast is over so I wanted to run something by you guys we um you know in our we don't have we have a few people that we trust to like turn to and ask questions to when we don't know what to do with our business, and usually we just internally will like hash something out as much as possible uh but we're presented with this weird question that i, I I'm curious to hear what you would say um we are we've we've hired part time employees slash interns i don't know what word you want to use for the past few years um over the summer and during the school year. And we're coming up on the time where we need to start finding our summer interns, basically, lining up that those positions so they'll be they'll be filled when the summer comes around. And mm-hmm. and we've put put some put some ads out there. And this year we're doing a better job of reaching out to other places. Um it's very easy for me just to keep going back to Micah because I teach there sometimes and I still know everybody there and I sort of have a good understanding with the students usually because we have a similar uh you know education. Uh, but we're reaching out to other schools this time around because we feel like we should probably broaden our scope a little bit. So we've got what is ostensibly a student internship that are graduating in the spring. So they will no longer be students by the time the internship happens. Or they have graduated Mm -hmm. some years in the past. And they're just like, I would like to have this job. And I'm curious to hear from your two perspectives if that is something that
1: we should or shouldn't consider,
2: like hiring somebody that is not a student for a summer long design job.
1: Oh, okay. So my first question is, how do you guys normally treat the role? Is it something where it's uh, still a learning experience forever? Who's who's in there? Like, is it something where it's like extending the curriculum for them? Uh, Or is it something where it's just flat out just normal work experience?
2: Uh, I would say it's somewhere in between. Uh, So it is we don't have like, you know, a curriculum. We don't come in and say, like, these are the things you're going to learn concretely and we're going to make sure we teach them to you. But the understanding is that, you know, most schools have a hard time, I think, teaching to the technology aspects of design just because it's hard to keep up. And so most of our interns that come to us come with an interest in technology an interest in apps or websites or something like that. And they want to learn more about what it's like to design those things. And we are able to provide a context that shows them exactly what it's like to do it. Um, So I don't think it's uh, I think it's somewhere between that we don't expect them to come in every week and turn out 30 hours of billable work and you know just sit there and do things um there's a lot of more room for like taking extra time to do something or for uh you know making mistakes and just exploring something for a while even if it's not fruitful but there's not like a strict Mm
0: -hmm. curriculum how much time are you spending really sitting down and teaching somebody or how much time are they just supposed to like are they supposed to just be picking it up as they go what's happening
2: so the time we spend so I'll i'll answer your question first um, so everyone in the office, when they're there for a full week, is in the office for 40 hours. Uh, we expect that everybody that is a employee will be able to spend around 30 hours on client projects uh, or our own internal projects, basically like useful time. Um, and the other time is usually spent eating lunch, you know, filling in between jobs, answering emails, doing other kind of like stupid stuff. Um, so of those 30 hours, um, when we have part-time people or interns in the office, I expect to spend usually four to six hours a week talking to them, managing that situation, setting expectations, giving feedback on work, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so you could say like six hours a week-ish for every person that's there. And the the learning is not like, I mean, sometimes it is like sit down and you know you're struggling with X. Let me show you other examples of this thing. Let me show you where it mm-hmm. takes place in our past projects. Let's actually talk about this concept for a little bit. Um, but usually it's like, I think the learning comes from the context in which we pose the problems to the people that are working with us. So, you know, oftentimes I'll have people sit in on a meeting with a client. I've thought about this before recently about how I like to expose uh, our our part-time employees to as much of the process as possible, because I think it gives you a more holistic sense of what design's role is. Yeah. But so I'll have them sit in on the meeting, we'll walk out of that meeting, and then You know, I'll ask them, like, all right, what did you take away from that? What do you think we should do next? And they'll be like, oh, this, this, this. They really seem to be into this. Um, And then usually that's not what I took away from it for whatever reason. Um, And so we'll kind of have a conversation about, like, oh, I think maybe we should do this. And even though they said they like this, let's ignore that for now because I think we can talk them into something else. I think that was just a gut reaction or whatever. Um, And so, like, both the human side of things and also the technology side of things. I think, you know, setting priorities and values for a project and saying, like, when we design this, it should be totally intuitive because that's the important thing for this particular aspect of this product. And this other thing over here can be less intuitive because it's new and we can afford a little bit of uh, learning time on the user's part, we can afford to do something new and kind of push the boundaries. So it's get a little more sort of interesting over here and stay boring and, and sort of understood over here. Um, and all of those conversations, I think, are, are where the learning happens. Um, so it's all yeah. practical. It's all applied. Um, it's not usually like sit down, let me show you how, you know, SaaS works or something. Um, but it's mm-hmm. like these conversations about kind of the high level questions of product design are where I think the learning happens, I hope.
0: yeah. Just the idea of internships in general was a really hard thing for me to wrap my head around what they should be and the kind of morality around them. Like, I definitely had a useful internship, and I would describe it as like, well, I, I my internship was like as a student. I was between junior and senior year, yep. so I had a couple of those too. coming in. And it definitely wasn't like nobody, nobody brought me in being like, we're going to teach you everything, but definitely with the one, like kind of throwing me into meaningful work or like practical. you know, I'm not like running the show. I'm just practical work, um, but with like a real expectation of actually doing it, not just kind of being like a person around fetching coffee, which I think is one concept of an internship. Like you're just around to help with like whatever menial task.
2: Yeah. And I want to be clear that that's not at all like for us if there's anything we do we like throw people into the deep end it is like a we have an immense level of respect and high expectations for like the quality of work that people will do and it's not like a high pressure thing right like i don't think people we've never gotten mad at somebody and like told them they were doing a bad job but we just respect them we respect them as we would respect any other like experienced designer on the team in terms of their opinions and their what we expect them to be able to contribute
0: right well yeah i think it's kind of at that level you have to kind of Whatever you throw somebody into is mostly your responsibility. It's not theirs. They don't, you know, they don't know yet. Yeah, I don't know because because I'm assuming the it's paid, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, and I, I can tell you that we pay between like sixteen and twenty dollars an hour, depending on how old the student is and you know what their experience is. Um, but it's somewhere in that range. Uh, so mm-hmm. like I think it's a well-paying internship. It's a lot more than I got paid when I was interning, you know, five years ago, four years ago.
0: I don't see any pro- Like I don't see any issue with someone who's past kind of student level taking something like that on. I know we've talked about the kind of the issues of internships and like who the people are that kind of can take those on. But uh-huh. I think specifically like what you're talking about and in Baltimore where, you know, it's a little bit more affordable. It changes when it's New York and you're making, you know, I don't even know what too too little money to live in New York or something, Yeah, which I think is the context for a lot of what, what I think about in internships. Mm-hmm. I think in kind of the, the, the pay range and where you are is a pretty reasonable thing for most people to take on, right? Like, I guess it's not, I don't know, you probably can't be an adult adult and be well into your career and take it on. But if this is one of your entry level things, it seems pretty appropriate for anyone.
1: The question that comes to my mind is uh, what the expectation is, whether or not the internship is uh, start to finish, that's it, like it's it's very cut dry, or uh, is there an um like an implied sense like somebody could actually become a full-time employee. Like is that the bridge that people are assuming is going to happen uh-huh. or is it strictly just like you're here for 3 months and and that's it. Yeah, you you're getting to the core of it now, right? Like the the
2: reason, which I didn't say up front but I'll tell you now, the reason that we've favored doing these internships in the past, um there's a lot of reasons. I mean, one of the reasons is it's nice to get like fresh blood in there, right? Like a new perspective. We we tend to try and hire people who work and think differently from us in some way we don't look for the people that are you know doing the same kind of things if those people exist Um, but we appreciate having a different perspective Um, but a a big reason is like it's a very very low stakes way to hire more hire more talent basically right Uh, because there's no expectation on their part that this is going to be a job necessarily Uh, there's no uh, guarantee that it will have to continue because they're going to go back to school in some number of months so it's just a nice end point um it's a very sort of safe structure like like we have obviously we have the work to do and we have the the budget we could afford to hire another full-time designer uh, but we've decided to do this instead because it's safer um and I think that 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 reason is a is a big reason right like it makes it very easy to justify doing it because it's only three months you know exactly how much it's going to cost up front uh and you know it, it's a low stakes thing and I, I think the reason that I'm questioning whether or not we should consider people that uh, are not students for whatever reason is kind of in line with the idea of like an unpaid internship in general right like some people are against unpaid, unpaid internships because they're you know taking unfair advantage of people's time they're giving it uh, opportunities to people that can afford it and others people that can't afford it are not getting those opportunities um, but ultimately you know the the big argument for them i think is that if there are people willing to work for out without being paid that they they want the experience they're willing to be there like why wouldn't you take advantage of that um and i feel like if somebody is not a student anymore if they're working in the real world uh and we are giving them a job without benefits right like our internships don't have retirement savings options they don't have uh you know health insurance associated with them um if you're giving someone a job without benefits, uh, even if someone's willing to do that when they're a graduated person, I, I wonder if it's an unfair thing to take advantage of.
0: Mm. This is tricky, though, because in a, in, in a way, it's kind of discriminatory because I know you're just saying like so I- <laughs> because you're a little bit older, you don't get this chance or or you changed. You decide to change careers and this is your new entry in
2: yeah Uh, see this is why this is why running a business is so fucking hard right because it seems
0: wrong on both sides it makes a lot of sense that you would say student but like why are they the only you're basically saying like only young people get this opportunity and i mean mean, older people can go back
2: to school too we're saying people that are in a place in their life where they are dedicated to learning uh this is an opportunity available to you for the three months of the summer
0: or I guess what you're saying is like, for, first you have to pay a lot of money for college, and then you get the opportunity. Yeah,
2: which is another another way in which it's discriminatory, right?
0: Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I guess like, how do you? I mean, how do you feel about the idea that like, who are you to say what somebody else should or shouldn't be taking on? And is and isn't fair if they're telling you that this is something that they want to do and they're very excited about it? Give it whatever their their educational background is or age. Why do mm. you care so much? Like, do do you think it's do you think it's irresponsible because like? You should know better?
2: Uh, well, I mean, so first of all, like, you're asking that question. The answer is, I don't know who I am to say that, right? Like, I no, am extremely course. unconfident. I don't. The reason I'm asking this question, I'm, I legitimately want to know what you guys think, because I will take that into serious consideration when we're making this decision. Um, but, like, so for me, it's the same kind of thing. Like, you, there's people that get paid a horrible wage and work in sweatshops and all the people, all the fucking Republicans in this country go, well, if they didn't like the job they'd quit. And it's like, well, that doesn't it's not as simple as that, right? It's not as cut and dry as if someone's willing to do it, it must be fine. Um, yeah. And you know that goes for unpaid internships, that goes for people working in sweatshops all over the world, that goes for people working at Walmart that are getting paid just below the amount of money they have to get paid to be considered a full-time employee, to have to get benefits. Um, you know, there's tons of examples of people that are forced into doing things that are not uh, not con- not good for them because of their of a the situation that they're put in, um, and it, it may be that there's people in Baltimore that are really struggling to find jobs in design, right? And uh, you know they have to work some other job because they can't find the job doing what they want to do, and so they're looking to us possibly to be a design job, even though it's not ideal, it doesn't have all the benefits, it doesn't have all the things a real job has, uh, and the question is like. Is that a thing we're comfortable offering to somebody that is at a place in their life where they should have a job with fucking health insurance? Because the other thing is we can't take the the burden of an entire city onto our own shoulders, right? We can't be like, well, this person deserves health insurance, so uh, we're going to give it to them, or we're not giving them a job at all. Like,
0: it's, just so, it's so many weird, messy questions. I know when we talk about this sort of thing, it's almost as if we're talking about a world with infinite resources, and we don't usually talk about the practical side of why why things aren't happening. And tough because like you do have to make that you have to make that decision about what like what are your priorities and that could it's not all positive like if you make the right decision in terms of like what is just and what is right and what seems fair it could hurt you in uh financial standing right and obviously no one you don't want to hurt the the thing that you've built and is already supporting people but i come down on the side of if somebody would really like that opportunity i don't i don't think i would discriminate about what their educational background is.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, at, at the end of the day, it really just depends on their competency in the subjects and, and like their past experience. Because if they have a portfolio that actually shows that they're doing great work and it's something that matches with what Friends of the Web needs, then it, like, it kind of doesn't matter if they actually went to college or what college they went to or if they have some other background or if they just kind of learned on their own. Uh, Well, is it even
0: about the the strength of the portfolio as much? Like one thing I I think a little bit about internships is like I think about it differently when I'm reviewing a portfolio for an internship as opposed to a full time position where you can see a lot of maybe gaps in thinking, but you just see the kind of seed of something and think like, well, because this person was able to do this, there's this kind of they clearly demonstrating an ability to learn. And it's not like I'm looking for something that I need build, but I'm looking for somebody who's just thinking a lot about it and maybe is is ready to take the next step or something like it's not i don't even think of it as so much uh filling a need as much as it is just looking for an interested thoughtful person
1: well yeah Um, sure no i mean like i totally agree i think part of it is maybe uh like if you're reviewing somebody's work and uh Obviously, you see some of the the things starting to shine out that you see, like, they're very thoughtful or they consider it in a way that it actually could work. But also kind of flipping it around and saying, like, uh, they have some gaps in things that they're not totally great at, but those are the things that we would actually enjoy. Helping them understand better, like that could be it yeah. too that like you're you're essentially using the role still as like continued learning, but making sure that the match is right that like the things that they're missing out on are the things that you could actually provide and it's kind of like the things that you would want to provide
0: it's another it's, it's another topic too, but I think I'm starting to come around to the idea that <laughs> I feel like we used to argue this all the time where I would argue that uh You have to pick somebody super, like you have to pick somebody based on their work super, super carefully because it's so easy for somebody to screw up something on your team. And Andy would argue that, uh, you know, everybody has some value no matter who they are. And you can you can probably bring them in and teach them. Or more importantly, the
2: the context they're put in in the office of the studio is much more important than
0: necessarily what they've done before. Yeah. And I'm very much coming around to that. I've just recently been.
2: I'm slowly winning. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, I don't like that, Andy. I don't like it. I don't know why I don't know why my position is changing on that so much recently, but like as I'm looking at more and more portfolios, I'm I just don't I just don't look at the work as like, here's what they did and that's the only things that they can do. Like I don't know. Yeah. I guess I just I'm I'm just not I'm I'm understanding less and less like why my professors told me to like, hey, decide on packaging and just do packaging. It's like who who are the people reviewing my portfolio that can only see my past work as a thing I can do like why because I was able to learn that and figure that out and demonstrate a competency in that why couldn't I possibly figure out something new like clearly that those are all things that I learned why couldn't I learn something new uh if the if the kind of core skills are there like I hear people talk about about like specialties and uh gearing your portfolio to a specific thing or gearing you as a human being towards a a very very hyper specific skill set and it's like who are, like, the people who are supposedly, like, creative and in charge, leading thoughtful, innovative companies that can't reach outside the box just a little bit to say, here's a person who was able to do this great work in, in like, a slightly different medium and not be able to make the reach and say, like, I bet we could get them to another place or teach them or, like, maybe they just haven't had this opportunity yet. Maybe it never came up. And But clearly the, the thinking is there. Like, why is that not the most important part?
2: I mean, the way to, like, really fully believe that thing Matt is like as soon as you've seen very very talented people flounder completely in a certain situation and people who if you looked at their portfolio you looked at their work you you would never call them the most talented designer in the room the most skillful like gifted designer in the room and see them do amazing work in a specific context or specific studio You I, I feel like that was how I started to understand really how important that kind of thing was over the type of work that was happening and I'm very very proud of the culture for design we have in the in the office and i think that we've had oh god maybe almost a dozen part-time designers over the past 3 or 4 years and like nobody was a bust like nobody did bad work we couldn't use or didn't get anything out of it um yeah i, I i'm i'm proud of that very proud of that because i think it's largely the way we've contextualized things and sort of set things up
0: um i yeah i just i'm i'm starting to think that maybe the things i viewed as like a failure on somebody's part were maybe People who are more set up to fail, because I've seen them also flourish in other environments. I'm like, well, what? Like, what was actually going on? Mm-hmm. They're just not happy at a certain place, and then they go to a new environment, and the work is really amazing. And you're like, it wasn't that they weren't skilled at the last position. Obviously, I know this person. I know the things that they're capable of it was the context in which it is
1: being done. Now, now Matt, we, we all know you're talking about me. It's fine. You could, you could just... But I talk. actually, honestly,
0: I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I really wasn't even thinking about you. Wow. Okay. I actually know like very little about,
2: really, the quality of either of your two works, right? Like I, I, could, I could never... If you were to like jumble up your two portfolios right now, uh, I think I would have a hard time picking out who did what, probably. Oof. Really? I think so. Like, it, I don't think
0: that's true. I think I could pick... Between no, it's you and easy, and I could absolutely figure that out. And even yeah. just the context of the things we've talked about, you could figure it out. Yeah, no, Maybe. if it's sports ball, it's Matt.
2: <laughs> if it's like video, well, if games. it says the word sports ball, it's not Matt. It's you. But if it, but if it's I'm about an dance, actual sport, I'm
0: designing a fucking font called Sports Ball now, just to throw you off the trail. Yeah, well, there
2: you Ooh. go. See, that's that's yeah. why you guys are hard to predict. Matt, you mentioned you were designing a number of websites this week at work. And I have to ask,
0: you know, why are you designing websites still? It seems like there's probably an easier way to do it. I would say I'm designing big custom websites that need my attention. But that's not every website, Andy. (laughs) I set you you up perfectly and you had to defend your job. You had to say... (laughs) I'm going to need a job. But let's say there are websites (laughs) that don't require... As much custom work.
2: Yeah, maybe it's a blog. Maybe it's an e-commerce site. You know what we need to do? We need to build a new blog from scratch, I think. I think that's what we need to spend our time on as humanity.
0: That seems like the most efficient thing to do. Wait a minute. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas.
2: You know, here's the thing. I was looking at pictures. Hillary just got back from Morocco, and she had these beautiful pictures of all these old buildings in Morocco from like 800 AD uh, that, you know beautiful ornamental stonework and carvings and, you know, we we always think we're busy today. Like, oh, we don't have time to do anything, we're so busy all the time. These people, you know, they didn't have a faucet to turn on to have water come out. They had to grow their own food or they would have died because there wasn't a supermarket and they still had time to carve these ornamental buildings. We are wasting time on stupid stuff, including making single page websites to like
0: show off a new product. Why would you remake that people? It's been done before. Yeah, why are you wasting your time on that when they have cover pages, a feature that allows you to set up a beautiful one page online presence in minutes. They also have commerce. Every website comes with a free online store and 24/7 support via live chat and email. And do you know how much it is? eight dollars a month you remembered It's eight dollars a month and you get a free domain if you buy squarespace for a year which you should do you're gonna want you're gonna want your website forever from now on like we're in that simple powerful beautiful website that website (laughs) yes
2: that one you should pay ahead for it because now we're in website times there were pre-website times now we're in the website times Uh, You're not going to want...
0: website time.
2: You're not going to want less websites in 10 years. So how about you make that investment, pay up front for the year, get the free domain name, do all the good stuff.
0: If you're not sure, I got an offer for you. You can start a trial with no credit card required. You can start building your website today. If you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code GRID to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for On The Grid. And that last part is important real quick.
2: The last part about showing your support for us, that's very key. People may not know this, but you (laughs) use that code... It, it's how they know we're doing a good job. And you know, I think we're doing a good job. So if you listen to a bunch of other podcasts, maybe more popular podcasts, maybe use our code instead. You ever think of that?
0: Yeah, throw us a bump. Yeah, yeah. Here, I'm gonna tell you a secret. Even if we're doing a bad job, you can use the code anyway. Yeah, it works no matter what. <laughs> Even if we did a terrible job with this ad read, you can use the offer code GRID and get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the show. So thank you to Squarespace for supporting five by five and on the grid. Squarespace, build a beautiful. Thank you, Squarespace.
2: So I mean, I'm, I'm going to be selfish and bring it back to what we were talking about because I no, still sure, need go help. For it, go for it. <laughs> um, so I mean, so here's where we're at. Like, let me put the scene for you. Uh, financially, sure, we could afford to hire another designer. We don't want to right now. Uh, we have not had the conversation about um, what that means. To take on another full-time designer. We just took on another full-time developer this spring. So we'd like to go kind of slowly with the sort of full-time uh, investments in people because it's you know takes some ramping up and getting used to when you expand the team. So that's not something we want to do. Uh, uh, So in that light, we are willing to offer one or two people a paid internship for the summer uh, for three months. And usually we treat those things kind of as um, like we oftentimes work with the same people full time in the summer and then like a day or two a week during the school year because it's really helpful to get to know each other uh, full time over the summer. And then it's much easier to have people drop in and do part time work. Um, we found it's a little harder when you start part-time because you only get to see each other a little bit, and so you never get to really know each other, how they, how they work, how they think, how they communicate. Um, so oftentimes, that's how that ends up working out. Um, so if we were to talk to somebody, I'm sitting across the desk now in our office from somebody who is graduated, who is looking for a job, and uh, mm-hmm. for whatever reason has found themselves considering this uh, paid internship, essentially, uh, instead of a job for three months. What I'm saying to them is we can't we're not in a position to offer you a job, we're not going to give you benefits uh, that come with a job. Uh, And if they are still willing to take that, like, that's the position I'm in. And so part of me wants to say, the two sides are, one side is, I want to say to that person, you deserve a job where you get health care, where you get retirement savings, where you get all the fun things, where you get time off, where you get all the paid time off, all things that come with a job, you deserve that as a human being. I'm sorry, we are not in a position to offer that to you, uh, and that's just where this is going to end. Um, Or I can say, sure, come and take this position that I think you're overqualified or it deserves better than what we can offer you, but come and take this thing, and then maybe that turns into the, you know, the stepping stone for them getting the job they really want or something, right? Like, who am I to say? I don't know. Am I understanding you correctly in that you both are more the latter? You're both like, why not uh, go for it and, and see how it goes?
0: I think Uh, if you tell someone that they're basically like you've looked at their work and they're overqualified for the the position, but if they really want it, you you know, you would never discriminate against someone because they're not a student. I would say I would just be honest with them, but I would not turn them down strictly based on the fact that they aren't a student.
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, this sounds super callous, but uh, the thought crossed my mind of like how much effort it would take to have to screen like the additional amount of. Applicants. That's a very
2: reasonable concern, Dan. Thank you for bringing that up so I don't have to. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, because uh, like there's going to be enough students that apply. Like if you kind of open it up to anybody who would want to apply for the internship, then that's just even more people that you have to cycle through. That's potentially more interviews that you have to go through. And at the end of the day, that also means that you could have missed more people that kind of fell through the cracks. And like my concern would be like that would be more effort to fill in something that is going to be a temporary position. There's absolutely no guarantee for a full time position. And if that's the case, then like it, I kind of feel callous as saying like just focus on college students. If it's like if that's the mentality, if it's literally just going to be a temporary thing and then a little bit of part time work afterwards, then that kind of cuts down on the amount of effort that's potentially required to uh, get some students in or or just people in to um, you know, help out for the summer.
2: And to be clear, like I'm not, you know, traditionally we've hired mostly undergraduate students and, and almost entirely from Micah. Um, but I'm not like, we've, I'd be happy to talk. We talked to grad students in the past. We've, I, we've talked to a high school student once, um, like I, anybody that I think is in a place where their mode is learning, whatever that context is, whether they're paying enormous tuition, whether they're going to community college for free, whatever it is, um, that is the mode that we're comfortable in because then that's where we don't feel the pressure to offer somebody all of the trappings of a full time job. And more importantly, the guarantee that work will continue, right? Like the, the biggest thing here is like to hire somebody from that, that is, you know, graduated, uh, unless they are completely unemployed, they're working somewhere. And we are taking them away from that thing that they probably can't return to uh for three months of working with us, and then we're just gonna kick them out, basically, right? Like I just I have so much <laughs> so much like I don't know. It's it's so so messy. This whole situation. This happens all the time. By the way, this is like the one thing I I thought was appropriate to bring up to to YouTube. <laughs> but like these kind of conversations happen all the time. This is what. Oh, yeah. This is what running a business is like, and it's terrifying.
0: Who are you supposed to ask? do you call Mark Cuban or something? That's like, right. You know?
2: okay, like, like I said, we have a few people that we know that are like older and wiser than us that have done somewhat similar things that we occasionally call on. Um, but like, there's there's nobody like that. We don't have. This is not a thing you can, you know, Google and find a fucking decent answer to because uh, it's and like, also
0: you're very honest about the things that you do within your own company. Most people don't want no. like to share. Most people yeah. would never
2: tell you that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Especially not publicly, so...
0: Because me- most people don't want to get into it. It's a messy topic.
2: Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, we got some, if I got some mail saying, like, you dummy, you shouldn't be doing things this way, and if that's the case, well, thanks for your letter. I appreciate it, but um, I don't know. I, I'm in favor of doing this stuff out in the open, because if somebody else is out there thinking about the same thing, I think the conversation is an important one to have. So it sounds like you're both in favor of giving these people the opportunity, and I appreciate that perspective, yeah. so that's yeah. that's good to know.
0: I totally understand Dan's point. Like, I'm not the guy who has to go through applications. I don't have to go sit and interview everybody. Yeah. But uh, I think I would err on the side of taking that time and find. I don't know. I guess I don't like. How are you gonna? Who are you, How are you gonna select? How many people are you gonna select? Two. One or two. Yeah. One or two. One student. One non-student. Problem yeah. solved. So easy. Well, Super
2: that's easy. Completely
1: arbitrary. Then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, no, I, I,
1: know. I guess like. Uh, made- I'm kidding. But, I would say maybe at least just try it once, like try it this year. Uh, if it doesn't work out, then at least lesson learned. And next year, like if, if it really doesn't work out, then you could just focus on like one group or the other, but at least try it. Okay. Well, I appreciate the feedback, guys. That's
2: that's helpful to hear another perspective. Really, truly it is. I'm not just phoning it in. That really does help. So. <laughs> no, I understand. I'll let you know how things go.
0: Does it make you feel good that I'm slowly changing my mind about somebody's impact in their context? Oh, yeah. I love changing your mind slowly <laughs> over, over the course of many years. I appreciate that. It's good. Are you changing your mind about anything? Are you a little bit more brutal about anything now? Um, Is that my it, role? It, I'm the brutal realist guy? He's it, like, uh, regarding a that, world out there, motherfucker. You regarding deal that with specific
2: it. topic? I, I don't know. No, I don't know. Think I don't I'm know. Gonna coming i don't know i no, I don't think so m- mostly matt I, I appreciate when when either your or my opinion changes because when we disagree i feel like i maybe i'm wrong and i'm a crazy person so mm-hmm. so it's nice to, to have a little bit of validation mm.
0: it's hard coming out of the like brute force get everything done working hard mentality not that i don't have the working hard mentality but the brute force getting it done thing is changing a lot in well that's so much what school like,
2: indoctrinates you into is that the world is competitive and you got to walk into that interview and you got to show your great portfolio. Burp, 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 burp. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I honestly, like, I am not entirely comfortable telling the students my opinion on this because I feel like there's a lot of places that probably are exactly like that, right? So yeah. for me to be like, don't worry about that, just go in and talk about who you are and your process, uh, you know, I, <laughs> that's probably bad advice to people getting a certain type of job. So I try not to tell people that. I mean, I, I, I do think that one of the most important things for me... Thinking about portfolios, I think I've said this on the show a long time ago, but like the most important things in a portfolio are the best thing that you've done because that shows like your potential, right? Like if all the stars align, like we know you can at least do this good. This is like the, the best you're capable of at this point that we know of. Um, and then the second most important thing is the worst thing in your portfolio because that shows you <laughs> how low your bar of quality is. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, 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 what is your, what is your, what are your standards, right? The the, the worst thing in your portfolio shows your standards. The best thing shows your your potential. Uh, and I think that's very useful for any student going into any interview. I think that's true no matter who the person you're talking to is.
0: I I feel like I had this attitude where like life is really tough everything is really brutal uh you got to just crank out the work and get it done and and it felt like that was imposed from some sort of outside force Mm -hmm. but as i changed my opinion a little bit and kind of changed the way that i worked uh i've started to realize that that was completely self-imposed and when i changed my attitude about it (laughs) things seemed to kind of lighten up and uh i could maybe put a little bit more thought into my work as opposed to kind of seeing it as like just churning like i i I still have obviously you have to work hard at anything i don't think that changes but my attitude about it has changed pretty dramatically in the past couple of years Mm -hmm. um and i hope that means i get to do i'm doing more thoughtful work and not just kind of like churning it out churning it out churning it out but yeah i don't know why i don't know why Mm. wish i could explain it a little bit better no no
1: i i mean like honestly I i had the same feeling for years and like i at some point i started pinning it on just the how they decided to treat work ethic at scad because it was Mm -hmm. like okay if you're awake you're technically gonna probably be in the studio working like that's just the way it is yes you only have classes four days a week but you're gonna be working for seven and i mean it was for years for me where like even on the weekends i felt like i had to be doing something or else like i was gonna be a complete fuck up and Um, I, I would wonder if that is just some residual stuff of, uh, I don't know, like just being trained in a certain way to feel like you always had to be producing and, uh, the quality and the thoughtfulness of it being like secondary to just the actual production of it all. You know what, actually that's kind of it is
0: recently I've found myself, Respecting the time it takes to think about something a little bit more as opposed to feeling guilt about that time and thinking I'm not doing anything. Mm. Even though I've always known that that's a requirement in order to get to where I need to go, thinking about the thing that I'm doing is very necessary. I've always had that kind of guilt of like, ah, oh, well, there's no, there's no product there's no like deliverable at the end of this there's no like 50 artboards in illustrator or like 100 sheets of paper that have ideas on them so i'm not doing real work i better start doing real work so i can show somebody something yep and just becoming more comfortable with that being an actual step in the process and knowing that that leads to something is very helpful uh it's very much leading to well who knows maybe my work is terrible but i think it's leading to better results Just me not having that anxiety about doing nothing, like the idea that I'm doing nothing, even though I'm actually doing something. It's just not something I can, I just can't show the result of immediately. It'll take a little bit while, a little bit longer to get to that result. Yeah. Uh, And then I think because of that, I'm trying to expand that into the way I talk to other designers as well and just be like, yeah, let's respect the time it takes to think of an idea as opposed to just be like, where, where's the result? Where's the result? Let's see it. Come on, let's go.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and and like going back to what I was talking about earlier, like I I feel like I'm moving incredibly slow at the new job, and it's because like uh, being in the startup world, it was more about just like how many lines of code could you write in a single day, and that number. Wait, really? Really? Like, like.
2: like Not- lines of code was important because there's nothing nothing more valuable to me than when i spend a whole afternoon working on something and i've removed code from it <laughs> <next>. yeah no <laughs> then i'm like fuck
1: yes i just kicked ass <laughs> so okay here's the difference uh going into the new code base like there was a partial in the sas repository that was called shame um and this is at the oh new yeah place.
2: those are good yeah, yeah we have, we've had we've had those in some of our projects before
1: well, and it's a, that's the that's thing is that it was a partial is uh, and and at Fitmob it wasn't a partial it was the code base like it was nicknamed shame. The whole thing was absolutely atrocious because it wasn't about making the best code it was making it was for the sake of making web pages the fastest and to get things out the door. Uh mm-hmm. and I feel like that's definitely kind of in line with what you're talking about Matt where like I'm sitting here like I just want to be able to go faster cuz that feels like the right thing I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. and like i'm constantly apologizing like uh like i usually move a lot faster than this but i'm still learning and everybody be like dude chill out it's a really big code base don't write stuff just for the sake of writing it because you're gonna fuck stuff up and it's like having to sit back and like having to retrain myself to be more thoughtful about what i'm writing which i've been doing for the past few days and writing very little but thinking about what i'm going to be putting down And also trying to figure out if there's more efficient ways I could be doing this, like uh, trying to use built in stuff with the mix ins and all the variables and whatnot, and just be able to rely on stuff that already exists and, and ask people questions and, and think more and, and prepare more. And then once I go and do the thing, then, you know, it, I don't know. I think it ends up being a better product, whether or not it's the most beautiful or sometimes like it, whether or not, like, I, I feel like, it was the final answer. I know that at least it was uh better thought through rather than just like getting shit out the door.
0: Yeah. And it, it, yeah, the irony of the situation is that my result, it, it seems like, like baby Matt, young Matt would have thought, let's go with baby. I like baby. Baby Matt would have thought that this means everything is delivered late and you don't hit your deadlines or whatever. But mm-hmm. the actuality is I, everything is ch- totally fine. Everything is completely on time and on schedule. Um, And it, the difference is I just don't have the feeling of, like, I finished at that last second and everything could be wrong because I didn't even have a chance to look at it. Yeah. That's the difference. Which is, oh, you want to go back in time, right? Yep. It's crazy because you, that's just the opposite of what you would expect. But it, but it just meant you, you put a little bit more thought into the, the ways that you're going to make something, and then you got there more efficiently. And hopefully you got there more thoughtfully. But... I used to have the feeling of like, yeah, I should feel like I'm going to die at the end. Because that means I did a good job.
1: <laughs> You're not working
2: hard unless. Man, I've gotten so comparatively chill to you two. <laughs> if I work like 45 hours in a week, I'm like, man, I got to fucking take a step back and just reel it in.
0: Yeah, I just gave you I gave you the zen version of my life. But uh, all that craziness is still there. That's still part of my personality. But, you know, compared to anxiety-ridden baby Matt, it's a little bit different. I'm a baby. Baby Matt was could not have more anxiety than anyone in the entire world. I was pretty anxious. I had a chip on my shoulder. When I, I would say
2: that, from what you all have described about Scad, I think there's a big difference in the tone. In that, with the exception of that one professor who I mentioned on the show previously, um, I never had a professor that was like, "You need to work super hard and demonstrate yourself and prove you, need, you deserve to be here." And like that, that is not part of the culture at at Micah at all. It's very much Like more, it's more chill, it's more hippy-dippy, it's more like, you know, we're here to make work. And, And the pressure, which is definitely present, only comes from being surrounded by other extremely talented people and feeling like you need to demonstrate yourself to yourself, not to a professor or to some external force. Um, which I think is, like, I had a big chip on my shoulder when I first came to school because I didn't know art magnet schools were a thing. I came from the high school where I was the one kid that could draw, and now I was the kid that could barely draw and went to public school and isn't that cute. Uh, and <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I knew nothing about art history. I really knew nothing about graphic design as a field, right? Like, I knew how to use Illustrator and Photoshop, but, like, I didn't, I couldn't name a graphic designer to save my life. Um, so, like, there was a lot of pressure, but it was entirely imposed by, like, my, my environment. It was not imposed by, like, you know... I was not taught that deadlines were the most important thing and you had to work super-duper hard, and if you weren't working all the time, then you were screwing up. Um, I just, like, had that pressure on myself because I felt less than my peers. I dropped my iPhone and cracked it. Uh... You did? Yeah, well, so I... Uh... I'm not proud of how many iPhones I've I've been through, um, because it makes me seem like a reckless person with no care for my personal belongings. And actually, I, I care a great deal for the things that I own. I take care of almost everything that I own more than like you know. I'm the person that has you know a bunch of different uh, waxes and goos to keep my shoes looking and looking right and being healthy. And yet, phones I just go through them like like crazy. Um, anyway, I had I had a phone. I'm gonna go with stolen, even though. Uh, Stolen is kind of a weird word because I, I left it on the street for a couple hours, and so um, you know to it was call stolen
0: that, by a street sweeper. So to call Son that stolen
2: bitch. is really not. Uh, it <laughs> fell out of my pocket while I was biking. I didn't know for a couple hours, and then it was on the move, and so I, that that was stolen was, by was, a
0: raccoon.
2: So that was my last phone, and when I when that was, was just, this was like uh, almost nine months ago, a year ago this happened. Um, so when I went back to like get a new one, I was just like, you know what, I don't care about my phone i'm just gonna get the cheapest one and so i got like a 5c um cheapest you know iphone yeah so not that cheap um in the grand scheme of things but it was like you know 100 bucks as opposed to two or 300 bucks um so i got like a 5c and the 5c is great honestly because the plastic back makes it really strong Mm. um so i've been chucking my phone around for you know, twelve months. I drop kick it sometimes for fun because it's fine; it can handle it. Uh, and then I just I just normal dropped it, and it broke oh my <laughs> after God. me kicking it around for a year. And so I don't I don't want to replace it because I'm cheap now. Because when you own a house, you become very cheap about everything else. And so <laughs> I've just put a screen protector over it so that no more shards of glass get in my thumb. And I'm gonna see how long I can last.
0: Uh, that's a hard life. The only I've never broken a phone. I've had. I'm I'm very proud of my iPhone owning. I had the iPhone one for mm-hmm. like four or five years. Oh, to have a
2: nice patina on it by the time you were done.
0: Yeah. There's, you can still find it in my house. It's got a real, the back is real scratched up and interesting, but I never broke Uh, it. Yeah. And then I had one of the versions that was in between. And now I'm on my third phone, which is the five something, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Five, five five S I guess, or whatever. And I've never broken one, which I'm very proud of. And I've also never put a case on one, but one time the previous one I had, the reason I got the new one is because the lock switch broke, broke, and I was so... I got so good at using it without a lock switch, which is really hard. But, oh man, when I finally got that new one, it was like a brand new day. It was a great day.
2: Well, you spent some time trying to pick all the lint out of my headphone jack last time you were here, Matt.
0: I'm uh, very good at, at lint, picking lint out of headphone jacks, but yours, yours had a much bigger problem than just lint.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's lint, but I can't... My headphone things don't stay in, and that's, that's the worst part about no, it. No,
0: yours is clearly... That is hardware damage. You have yeah. something seriously wrong with the, the jack in your iPhone, which I don't know how you... That's... There, there aren't that many things I need in life, but, like, a pair of headphones and a, and a iPod or iPhone is, like, very important to me. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. Need I mean, to walk around listening to podcasts and the new Kendrick Lamar are very important to me. Nice transition. Nice transition. <laughs> I'm just curious what you think.
2: <laughs> well, no, I mean, first of all, I want to say that I, I only got an iPhone, like, three years ago. Like, I, Friends of the Web was started, and we were designing apps, and I still had a fucking clamshell flip phone. Um, I, I like, put it off as long as possible. But I think in three years, I've been through... Five or six? Good God! Phones? Yeah. Well, I, not all of them were destroyed. Like one of them, when I upgraded, I gave it to my to my older sister, so she has that one. Okay. Um, one of them was effectively destroyed. One of them I dropped in a river. Okay. Uh, that's actually an amazing story. <laughs> I was tubing down. I was tubing down a river, uh, and so I had put my phone, and my wallet, and my and my girlfriend's car keys, Hillary's car keys, in a ziploc bag. Uh, and then I sealed it up real tight. And we also had another. Uh, tube with us that had a big cooler on it and i had jammed it in between the cooler and the tube so it was real snug uh and we tubed down a river for two hours when we got to the end my my bag was just gone and that's not a that's not a good feeling i also had the car keys in it uh so what i actually did is i went up so i went up to the top of where we started and tubed the entire thing again and found the bag on the bottom of the riverbed uh, Very impressive. But, it, but it had been pierced by some uh by a pricker bush so the phone was was destroyed you um, got the keys the keys are the important part yeah we got the keys exactly yeah um, that was that was an amazing I, we, I thought there was no chance we would have found that phone in the like mile and a half of river that we had tubed yeah so that one got drowned out uh then there was the one i, I dropped on the street and then someone stole maliciously and wouldn't give back even though i chased them down um so yeah i don't know i i just this sounds like spinal tap drummers <sighs> It's just mm. so fragile. This is a little thing. I don't know.
1: All right, take it home, Dan. All right, uh, so I need to get you guys a link, because it's a thing that is accessible on the internet. What? Uh, <gasps> I mean, like, it's, it's for your phone, but... All right, I'm clicking on this link. Okay, I'm me. clicking on it as well. All right, anyways, this is an iPhone it's app. It's a mollusk. Yes. Wait. I don't even know how to spell that. No, um, don't worry. You don't have to. This is a podcast. You don't have to spell. (laughs) I use that excuse for a lot of shit. Like if people ask me to spell or do math, I just tell them I went to art school and then I'm completely forgiven. No, uh, this is an iPhone app called Timeline. I discovered this because I was just on the App Store, gosh, maybe uh, a few months ago. And I downloaded it on a whim. And what was interesting to me was uh, it, it comes off as like a news app and a lot of the i guess you can call them articles uh that are written are based off of recent events much as like normal news articles are but the thing that frustrates me a lot of times is that i'll read up on something and because there's not full context on a situation like if it's something in syria or something like a like a major thing and it's like very specific details about uh things that had happened in the past 24 hours there's so much context that like i feel like i'm missing out on And then I kind of like, I figure you guys do the same thing where you start to do the Google searches and try to learn more Mm -hmm. and really Mm -hmm. try to dig in. And the interesting thing about this is that they, they build everything into uh, like some sort of a timeline of events that happen, like major events uh, related to it. So the top one right now is uh, titled despite shootings, Tunisia is not a failed Arab spring state and you go through it and there's different points in time. So like will there were things back from 2011 on up until like current day. And I like that a lot because like it gets you informed on thing, things that are happening right now, but it also gives you the context. So you are like a little bit more informed about what had been going on. So I kind of feel like it takes all of the searching I would normally do with, you know, the Wikipedia's and the Googles and like tries to help you out more. And I really like that uh, just because it saves me time. But also, like, I kind of feel it's a little bit more thoughtful on just like how news is reported in a way. It is funny. We
0: I personally spend a lot of time thinking about what publishing and and journalism and news should be in the future of the Internet. But like so rarely are we thinking that far outside of what of just like moving print design around making it for the screen when there are all these kinds of opportunities and even even just the, the basic idea of a hyperlink not that it's not used in news articles but it's not expanded on in a way that is it is really adding to the value of a situation yeah. um or adding to the value of an article and and I know it's just hard like it's hard to wrap your head it's hard to wrap your head around a new idea of of taking in media or taking in any piece of journalism, but we're not taking that. We're not taking advantage of our situation that well. Yeah. It could be so much better. It, it's just a reminder that it could be so much better, which is also inspiring. Like it's really nice to see sometimes that there are gaps in the world, and that you there's an opportunity to do something better. I find it more inspiring usually to to see something done. Oftentimes, I'm more inspired by something done really poorly than something done really well. Sometimes something done really well, you're like, nah, fuck, I wish I could do that. Yeah. That's done. Something done really poorly, like, oh. We can make this better. Yeah. We could do a better job. So I don't know. Maybe your thing's going to depress me, Dan. It's not so happy. Give me something terrible. I won't make it better.
1: No. Oh, okay. Well, I'll work on that for next time. Gosh. <laughs> Here's something terrible. There's a
2: private bus in San Francisco now that oh. costs $6 and has baristas on yes. it. Yes.
1: It's just like... They're they're giving me reasons, reasons
2: to move on. I understand
0: why that exists. And I understand the that it sounds really cool to say redesign the bus experience, but like
2: <laughs> No, that doesn't sound cool no, at all. It does that sound cool. sound cool it to cool, fucking cool. anybody. No, no,
0: it sounds cool in a con like there's a context there's a room where that sounds great, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, probably a couple of rooms where that sounds great. Okay, but, how is that
2: room like not you and I and Dan, right? Like, I love design. Mm-hmm. I love public transit. Mm-hmm. I don't own a car. And when you say redesign the bus experience, I want to jump out a fucking window.
0: But shouldn't that sound good? I mean, I know it's a it be, that I that general like you can insert X redesign the experience of X, and it, it becomes annoying. But like, shouldn't that idea be really exciting? Shouldn't that well, so, mean something? I mean, to be very so, clear, like we know, but we know what that's mm. going to mean when it comes out of a San Francisco startup company. Yes, right We're there. Like, ah, fuck
2: well they're redesigning the wrong fucking part of it like the inside (laughs) yeah well no like here's like i i oftentimes think about the kind of job that would pry me away from friends of the web or that i would go to if friends of the web exploded tomorrow for some reason um and one of the only things i could really get very passionate about pursuing in like the product realm like so many tech things are just Solving non-problems that are stupid, and I would I could not get myself excited enough to sort of work on them that I could have that kind of job. But one of the things would be something around like transportation and uh, like getting people from A to B. And we've talked a lot about Uber on this show and about how I have a very conflicted relationship with it. Um, and like the idea, Matt, on like a high level of let's make public transit better with technology is extremely interesting to me. I would love to do that and think about that all day. Uh, and yet, all they've done here is just made a bus inaccessible to poor people and then <laughs> dressed it up in various <laughs> accoutrements of, like, tech modernism to But you make can people... get
0: blue bottle coffee and Wi-Fi! Uh,
2: it's drip coffee, Andy. Yeah. It's drip all the, coffee. All the things are so stupid. Because the thing is, technology could make public transit, like, cheaper across the board Mm -hmm. and also better because you make it cheaper you can then make it better for the same price point it is now and then no one seems to be doing that because no one gives a fuck all they care about is charging more for an exclusive service because money is the main goal right not having a cool healthy society where people can get around and do their things
0: Mm. (sighs) you almost made us happy dan yeah Almost. You tried. Oh, I,
1: I absolutely tried.
0: You made Andy real sad. No. No, I was, I was on board. Uh, damn, this
2: thing you're describing is the exact thing I've wanted for a long time. So I'm very curious to try this app out and see if it is giving me what I wanted to give me. Uh, I'm a little bummed that it's only a iOS app because that's not my preferred way to read news. Mm-hmm. But, um, but this idea of like context, i I've, I've thought about this a lot actually, and I've, I've, I've always kind of come to the conclusion that this was not really possible because uh ultimately you need all the context in the world to understand something like just take the tunisia thing (laughs) for example right like like how much context did it give you about this tunisia story because you need a whole shit ton of history and context to really understand what's going on there and that's ultimately what i want right like i i want to understand what's happening i don't just want the headlines and the news bites and the clips about whatever's going on i want to like get it Uh, and what i end up doing is you know understanding that i can't understand everything i tend to avoid News about things I don't understand because I don't want to be swayed by something I don't have a full understanding of. Exactly.
1: Well,
0: um, I'm there now, and I just scrolled back, and uh, if I go all the way back, it starts at the Big Bang Theory, so it's pretty comprehensive.
1: I mean, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Big uh, <laughs> Bang Theory, the
0: TV show. The universe existed, and uh-huh. then Syria.
1: No, a, a better example is that they had an article on the the uh, uh, things that are going on with Robert Durst. Um, And honestly, I had no idea who that person was. Is that the Jinx? This is a perfect example. I have no idea who he is. I've only seen people tweeting about this
2: person's name, and I have no idea
1: Yeah, like, uh, apparently, like, killed wife something. It was a cold case. It's the Jinx!
0: That's what it is. is It's that
1: HBO show. Oh, okay. There we go. It's got posters everywhere now. Got it. And everybody tells me it's the new serial. Uh, What does that mean? Does that mean it's about murder?
0: Yep. Okay.
1: Uh, um, No, like, that particular timeline starts at 1904, uh, going over... Your grandfather starts a real estate empire so it gives you context of like how his whole life was constructed and then all of his happenings from like 1974 up until current day so it's not like that's extremely encouraging the fact that, that like HBO show news story starts in 1904 is a very good sign for this app I think yeah, <laughs> at least for what I want So, um, yeah, I mean, like, it it looks cool. Like, I only get to browse it from time to time because I'm like you, Andy. Like, I have to consume news in a different matter other than, like, an iOS app. Um, I only really consult that, like, if I'm on BART or something like that. So, whenever I I do crack it open and browse, like, I always feel like I'm less ignorant about something. uh, Because I usually get anxiety, like, if I try to read something about Syria, like, I'll read it and I'll try to understand as much as I can. But I know that there's so much context that, like, I just... I don't have because they're not going to try to cram it into one news news article, but yeah, Mm. this one works pretty well. Actually, internet
0: tip, if you do, this is a thing I do sometimes, if you just type the thing you're looking for and then explain it like I'm five or ELI five, you'll always end up on the subreddit where somebody doesn't actually explain it like you're five, they just explain it in a couple of paragraphs, like the entire situation as well as they can, and you usually find... Is that a trope, explain it like I'm five? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yes, yeah. so it is me. a subreddit, and the the premise is supposed to be explain it like you're a child. What usually just happens is somebody explains it in uh, terms that like a layman could understand, as opposed to a person in that profession. Mm. So, or I don't know, a person with like complete cultural and universal knowledge. Um, but it usually is pretty good if you find the top uploaded thing on that topic. Usually, someone will say like, "I keep reading about Benghazi. What does that even mean?" And they'll be like, "Okay, here's." Here's what happened, here's why Hillary Clinton has anything to do with it. Um here was the the context in which that happened. Like all usually somebody does a very good job of explaining every single thing. So, anyway, if you want to do it outside, if you want to do it in your internet browser, type the topic ELI5. Google it. Boom. Why do bad things happen to good people? ELI5. <laughs> <laughs> This has been on the grid episode 107. If you want to get in touch with us, there's two ways. One, you can send us an email, mail at onthegrid.co. I know Andy's still looking for ways to deal with his internship. Let him know. Right in. Two, you can follow us at grid show on Twitter. Let us know how you feel about the show, or follow it. It's a weird robot that mashes up the things that Dan, Andy, and I say on Twitter, and it's slowly turning evil. At Grid Show. Thanks to Broke for Free and Glassboy for the interlude music. Thanks to girlfriends for the theme music, and finally, thanks to you for listening. Until next week. That reminded me of a story. When I was uh, maybe twelve, I one of my friend, I, one of my best friends. His uncle had just moved to Bermuda and he wanted to go visit his uncle and his parents were kind enough to uh, invite me along on the trip. But it was just me, just me and him, just two teenage kids going to Bermuda to hang with his cool uncle. And that sounds awesome. It was super awesome. Except for one day when he was like, I got to go to work, but you guys can hang out. Here's a key to the house. Do whatever you want. Beach is this way. If you want to go walk to the beach, have a good time. Just lock the house when you leave. So we locked up the house. Put the keys in our bathing suit pockets. Went out to the ocean. Came back from the ocean and found a little tiny hole in his pocket. Oh where boy, the, where the there key had washed out to sea. And we just sat out and we didn't. This was pre cell phones and also it was Bermuda where cell phone number or phone numbers are weird. and We didn't understand how they worked and we didn't know where he worked. We just knew where his house was. And so we walked back and we sat outside for the entire day and got super super sunburned because we had no we had no sunblock and oh, we're just man. pale little white kids sitting in Bermuda sun. And he finally came home at like five o'clock and we were burnt to a crisp. And I don't remember the rest of vacation except for just gold bond powder and uh, <laughs> feeling like a terrible, feeling terrible. It was horrible.
2: There was no shade you could be in.
0: We tried. We did. I don't know, Bermuda, man. The-
2: Bermuda sounds like a hot,
0: dangerous place. Lot it of was sun. really hot. Also, I'm, I'm like a pale Irish kid. I don't know how to get around that. That just like, mm, you know, fork in a microwave. Not a good situation. Don't put me in the sun. Anyway, how do you feel about Kendrick? And that's how you make a podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have you been no, listening to Kendrick all week? God, nonstop? I've been listening to it so much. It's kind. It's 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 uh, a major departure from the last album, but it's a more. It's as it should be, right? It's like a well, yeah. More I mean, to mature, call it a departure,
2: like like every album of his has been totally different, every, which is great. Yeah, right. Like he's an artist his.
0: that decides to mature every album, as opposed to kind of putting out the same. Well, really, I think really Section has Eighty and Good Kid sound much more similar than this Do does they? to Good Kid. The I would say the differences between them. I think this has a greater difference between the last album than the previous album to the album before that. Hmm, if that makes sense.
2: I don't know this. I, I the I'm just so in love with it. It's so all over the place. It's, there's so much? Uh, there's like there's a little bit of mystical in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there's a little bit of early um, Outcast in there, like early dirty Southern rap in there. Mm. There's of course jazz. Um, and there's like a little bit of like chill like dj quick you know southern california like weed like rap in there mm-hmm. but he's not rapping about weed at all but there's some of that like influence mm-hmm. um it's just oh man it's so fucking and it's, good and it's funky it's funky it's Actually, real isn't, nice isn't
0: george clinton on one of the tracks Whoops. yeah <laughs> whoops, whoops whoops whoops
1: multiple thundercat tracks yeah it's really good. Dan, have you listened to it at all? <laughs> no. I, I told myself that I'm not allowed to buy new music for a little bit because I went on a, a binge recently. Uh, oh, interesting. Did you buy about
0: 20 albums. I do that sometimes. Yeah. You, you go and just buy everything you want on iTunes. You spend a hundred bucks. You're like, hmm, all right, I should chill. Yeah. I should chill out no, a little bit.
1: No, th- that happened exactly. And the last thing I bought on that was um, pre-ordering Ac- Action Bronson's. Oh,
0: Dan likes Action Bronson now.
1: I, I do. I'm glad we got you into that. That makes me feel. Now, I'm curious as to why you like Action Bronson
2: because he does nothing but rap about like really good food. He makes fun of people in his raps all the time for eating bad food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shouldn't say bad and good, objectively. He makes fun of people for eating processed foods,
1: or for not knowing how to cook. <laughs> uh, so, do you feel berated by his music? No, because I also like, I really got hooked on to Fuck That's Delicious. So, like between the two, like I feel like I can really respect everything that he says and also everything that he does on the show. So, like, even though I eat a lot of processed food, like I can still be like, ah, no, I could, I could see why he's saying that because he makes really good food and eats really good food. Yeah, Also, so. the places he stops by on that show
0: are like, some of them are like classic Southern barbecue places. And I'm imagining, Dan, oh
1: gosh, no, you there, can, you can relate to
0: a classic Southern barbecue place.
1: Yeah, there was a place that he stopped by. It's like right outside of Atlanta. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it was a Rib Shack. Like, I've been there before, and it's really, really good. Cool story. I like it. It's a really good
2: album. You should listen to it, Dan. Okay. Now, so so that's happening. Earl Sweatshirt is dropping another album uh, next week. Kanye's album is going to come out this year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fucking crazy mm. year for rap. I would like... And I maintain that last year was a fucking shit year for rap. People will argue with me on that, but compared to 2013 and compared to what this year's shaping up to be, I think it was a garbage
0: year. There were... There were good albums. There were like five or six albums I would say were really solid last year. Yeah,
2: we we had this talk at the end of the year, and you listed them off on Twitter, and I went and listened to them. And I can't, it's not okay. It's so, nothing.
0: two, two, Run the Jewels, yes. and the Freddie Gibb and um Mad Lib record. See,
2: Pinata, yeah, I like Pinata and Run the Jewels for sure. Run the Jewels to me was the like I, I mentioned, I think I had a tweet. I mentioned Run the Jewels, I mentioned Pinata. Uh, and was there a Vince Staples album last year as well?
0: Yes. Then the, it was an EP, but the Vince Staples album was really good with Blue Suede Shoes and uh, What's was, what was it called? Hell Can Wait. But that but didn't good.
2: Shine Cold Chain Volume Two come out last year?
0: It also came out. They both came out the last year, and I yeah. think you can count that all as a collective piece. Like if those, you wanted-
2: those are my three. Those are my three like good rap things that happened last year. Yeah. And everyone was fucking all in this like
0: rich homie Quan,
2: rich gang. No, no,
0: no, no, no. bullshit. That's, that's not fair because that is like. That is what it is, right? Like that is I don't know, that's like soldier boy, right? That is not uh the lev- that is not like I would not say that is on the same plane as run the jewels. That's not that is not fair at all. They do it they do a very specific well, thing and they do that thing well, but I don't think it's fair to kind of say that they're the same as but I mean all the the rap blogs
2: that's what they were talking about that's what they were talking about as being like the breakout stuff of the year it is breakout it absolutely is breakout but like that's the best example that last year was bad if if that's what we're talking about but
0: there's also like, like Isaiah Rashad and the YG album was really good um some people, a lot of people, really like Schoolboy Q. I'm not the biggest Schoolboy Q fan in the whole world, but like, I do not like Oxymoron res- that much. Respect- I
2: still like Setbacks, but I don't love Oxymoron.
0: It's respectable, right? Like, I think I think a lot of it was just like people wanted a new Kendrick album and they didn't get it that year, so Schoolboy Q. But I think it's you know, it's a respect. It's a respectable album. It's just not. It's not the level of. Run the Jewels. Run the Jewels was just by far and away the best thing that came out that year. It's hard to compare to anything else to it. Mm-hmm.
2: It was very special.
0: What was the year I, before I, that was so special? Now I can't even remember. Uh, that was Chance the Rapper.
2: That was Yeezus. That was, uh, that was a big year. There was a lot of stuff that year. I Chance the rap- Rapper. And Good Kid rapper, Mad City. Good Kid Mad City was also oh, that yeah. year. Okay. Um, yeah. 2013 was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Doris. Doris was 2013. Doris is great. Um. So that was a really great year. So anyway in 2015 is going to be a 2013 esque and not 2014. Eh, I think you're discounting a lot of 2014, but I, none of it resonated with me. I, I'm not like I'm not a music critic. I'm not going to say objectively that if it it, it was not a big year for me, right? Like yeah, I listened, that's fine. I tried finding things, and everything I found, I was like, eh, there's a little bit here. I will say this is about Schoolboy Q, though. <laughs> he stole my heart. And I will forever like him just because of the beginning of fig get the money the first track on setbacks where he mm. does like a whole bar of kanye and then just says fuck that
1: <laughs> because
2: the first time you hear that song you're like wait what is he doing he's just rapping a kanye song and it's very good but also it's a little bit telling that that two bars where he's rapping a kanye song is some of the best rap on the album <laughs> and you're like oh whoops and that was some uh, of your best work when you were just mimicking that other person anyway the flow is in the pocket like wallets i got to bounce like hydraulics i can't call it i got to swerve like i could fuck that Fig, get the money shooting dice what they hate for Hook us
1: out the here's something different man. tell me dan now for something completely different yes no i had a uh small world experience today uh matt you saw it earlier but um gitamba had had tweeted me earlier um who is awesome and he said that His childhood best friend, uh, PC Brown on Twitter, is Peter Brown, uh, that him and I need to meet together and that we probably have a lot in common. Uh, I can't remember the exact words. And I go to the account and I realize it's Peter Brown. And I look up and literally Peter Brown, the exact same guy, is an editor at GameSpot and sits literally like 20 feet from me. And I had not introduced myself yet because they have been doing a lot of crazy um, articles and, and content lately. And I was like, holy shit, I, I can't believe how small a world that is. And he was, like, super busy. I didn't want to bother him. So, like, it kept working. So, and you just I realized, locked
2: eyes gently across the room. Yeah. Some music um,
1: started playing. Actually, yes. Glance. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it was just music from a game, so it was a little bit awkward. <laughs> you <laughs> <No>. locked <laughs> eyes and then...
2: <laughs> I can't make an 8-bit noise in my mouth, I just discovered. Yeah. That was just a trumpet. Yeah. Yep.
1: That, that was a definitely trumpet. a trumpet. How do you make 8-bit yeah.
2: noise with your mouth? Boop, 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 boop poppy people pop video game soundtrack there you
1: yep. go just like
0: singing an Anamaguchi gucci song or something
1: yeah but um anyways no he actually got up and uh came and introduced himself and I, like I like i kind of felt bad but at the same time I didn't want to bother him because they have been just like bogged down with a bunch of stuff so it was really cool to have that that weird small world experience um so I guess at some point whenever guitar is in town we all need to go get a beer or something together
0: well good work internet mm-hmm. Small world internet why is the internet
2: fun. And then you follow Gatamba for the first time.
1: Yeah, oh, dude. my What's God. What's
0: that all about? Yeah, can we talk Barn. a second about how
1: terrible I am about following people? I think I follow, like, what maybe... What does that mean? What does, mean? What does that mean? Yeah, That's, like, that me mean? saying,
0: like, I'm bad at calling people, which means I just don't call people. And it's, it's, it's my own fault. Like, yeah, I don't but know.
1: somebody would be like, oh, yeah, like, I'm on Twitter. And I'll say, oh, yeah, I need to follow you. And then I totally fucking forget every time. Um, like, I only follow, like, what, 57 people. Looking right now, I only follow 57 people, and two of them are today, so I need to get better at that.
2: Do you use Twitter to, like, do you read things on Twitter from those mere 57 people? Uh Um, Uh-huh. Because I follow, I think I follow over 600 now, and it's, like, primarily a reading experience for me. Like, I mostly just read Twitter. I mean, despite the 30,000 tweets, believe it or not, I mostly read.
1: (laughs) Wow. (sighs) Okay.
0: That's too many people for me. 600 people, that's a lot of people. Yeah. I,
1: can't well, I mean, it
2: depends on the tweet density. I don't know. I mean, depending if you could follow 100 people and still have more tweets in your feed, depending on who you're following. Yeah, but mm, like the I thing is with depend. me is
1: that like this is 57 people, like most of them I know in real life and talk to pretty often on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So like that's most of my experience. And it's not like using it. You don't follow any
2: astronauts or any entomologists or something?
1: Mm, looking at it. Uh, that's a big no. Mm.
2: Well, missing out, man. Follow some astronauts. Yeah. They, tweet, they tweet pictures from space. Just like they're yeah. using the Twitter app like the rest of us, but it's in space. Yeah, but Crazy. everybody
1: else retweets it, so I still get it.
0: Yeah, that's
2: true.
1: Okay, it well, is you true. Know, you
0: can just follow some people who are good retweeters, and then boom, like Katamba. Like, apparently,
2: yeah. man, he's been on a tear, basically he, retweeting everything all the time. I like, wasn't yeah. sure
0: if he just like accidentally, if he got hacked, or he just like had a bot that was just retweeting everything because i couldn't make any sense of it i don't know i still can't make any sense of it what are you doing katamba if this hasn't ended
2: by the time this show airs and you listen <laughs> to happening? it what's
0: happening
2: it's very it's overwhelming i think um, it's a social experiment you think he's doing some thing and he's gonna come out with some data or something later mm-hmm. on i mean he was fucking with us the whole time yep turns out katamba was dead the whole time six cents oh oh no
1: Spoilers. that's terrible turns out
2: katamba was my father the whole time
1: Hmm. katamba is dumbledore i don't get
0: harry potter references i don't understand
1: i'm glad that you knew that that was a harry potter reference i've actually never read any of the
2: books or seen any of the movies but i just know Hmm. that snape kills dumbledore is a famous spoiler so
0: take Hmm. that rosebud well now i'm never gonna watch the movies thanks asshole yeah, well, because that's, that's the going to main the first thing that happens. Place. I think is that Snape. You don't know Dumbledore. what I. We don't know what I was and wasn't going to do. Maybe <laughs> you, I was going to get to those movies and or books without
2: even knowing those characters. Let's just guess. Which of those two names do you think is the evil character and which is the good
0: character? You got? Oh, oh I read Snape one Harry Potter book when I was a kid when those came out. Dumbledore. I know Snape's a bad guy. I know Snape's <laughs> a bad guy. I know Dumbledore. Well, yeah, a good it's guy.
2: right in his name. His name is basically bad guy McGee. It's Snape. <laughs> <laughs>